We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast that is a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak, joining you for our potentially, or no, potentially our last preview pod of the regular season. That's not to say we won't be back next week. That's for no. damn sure. Oh, I ruined it already. It's been 50 seconds. <laughs> Sorry, Ty. <laughs> and, uh, joining me, as always, talk about this week's upcoming match. First, the Chicago Bears. I don't know why I called the game a match. Chicago Bears. That is the voice of the lovely Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? With the second overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> is that your best? Uh, it's a, the no. Bears. Yeah, who? Yeah. It's not John Candy. That's so wrong. George Wentz, Chris Farley. Yeah, Chris Farley. That's Robert Smigel. That, usually another you pulled person. the other two names out of a hat. Like, I had know, I had Chris Farley. I was getting Chris Chris Farley pretty pretty easy once I got around to it. But the other two guys never would in a million years. But yes, Packers face off against the Bears this week at Lambeau Field. Need a win to secure their playoff spot, potentially up to six if they get some help from their friends. Um, but before we get uh, 
into the matchup with the Bears, we have to go over the Packers' absolute dismantling of the Minnesota Vikings this past Sunday and hand out some cheeses because they are definitely some uh, deserving candidates this week because it was it was a pretty good game, Jordan, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say it was a pretty, pretty good game on Sunday? Pretty good game. I think this might be the hardest week to make to give out cheeses. Yeah. This victory of the of the year obviously requires a lot of uh good candidates. So and we certainly have plenty. Yeah, when you beat the your division rival thirty three to ten and uh just absolutely control the entire flow of the game, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of cheeses to hand out. I believe on Sunday I or on Monday's pod, I uh said I had two locked in already. And we'll have to fight over the third one because it's not easy. <laughs> So for the candidates, um, Jordan Love, 24, 33, 256 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks, um, and a rushing TD, and earned himself the NFC Offensive Player of the Week to go with Tommy DeVito, Baker Mayfield, suck it. We got it. it. We got got one. We got one, boys. Um, To go with a 90.8 PFF grade. So... Definitely a uh, absolute standout stud week for Jordan Love. Probably his best performance of the year. I'd probably argue with might be up there at the Lions game or yeah, it's might be a horse apiece. Yeah, it's the same the same idea, just an absolute dismantling of a division opponent. So um, he is certainly a locked in candidate, if I'm not mistaken, is what I said. Are we logging it right now? Is that what we? I'm highlighting it in our shared Google well, I, Doc. We said it on Sunday, right? That he was he was a lock, or I said it. We can we can. We can Jordan Love is a lock. All right. Uh, should we go to the other lock? Yeah. <laughs> my, my, Wait, what, what is the other lock? I thought we talked about the guy in defense. And we had second thoughts, though. Well, I guess I guess maybe maybe there's not locks, but we'll we'll go through the rest of them. There's five more candidates and. Er, yeah, five more candidates. Second one is Aaron Jones, as usual, 20 carries, 120 rushing yards, um, with one reception of 10 yards. Next up is the man of the week, Bo Melton, six catches on nine targets, 105 yards, and a touchdown. You, you were going to yell, I saw it. Um, I was going to say Mo Belton. Mo Belton. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up is Jane Reed, six catches on eight targets, 89 yards, and two touchdowns. That's just in one half because he's just that good. That's right. Um, Preston Smith, one tackle, one sack, three QB hits, four pressures, and a forced fumble, along with a 90.3 PFF grade. And the last candidate is Corey Ballantyne. Five tackles, four of which were solo. Uh, three, pass, three pass breakups, and he was targeted nine times, only allowing three catches for 33 yards. So... With that being said, Jordan, I am curious as to what your thought process is for the other two candidates for cheeses this week. I am very... Preston Smith, we got to give one of the defense limiting the Vikings to 10 points. I think we have Uh, to. Forcing a quarterback change as well. like That kind of gives you a banked in points, in my mind. It's style points more than anything, not actual scoreboard points. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm bringing out the highlighter. Preston Smith. That works for me. Black. Oh, that's the wrong color. That's the wrong color. <laughs> um, that's two. I think I'm heavily leaning 
my third or our third cheese to be Bull Melton. I understand that Jaden Reed had the more more touchdowns, but had but he still had less yards too. I think the lack of a touchdown from Aaron Jones kind of dings him a bit. And I think he just earned it being the type of player he was and is the Packers' first 100-yard receiver this year. Okay. I'm not discounting that because it is something... It literally just got him a job on the... Got him a, got him a, got him a, got him a contract. <laughs> so between those two accolades, that's very, you know, kudos to Bo Melton. Um, I will say... Aaron Jones, I think you're correct. The lack of a touchdown kind of as much as his as uh, as much as his performance is willing or deserving of a cheese, we have a lot more candidates. We also literally just saw the same stat line from him a week before. Right. Which I believe got him a cheese, but still. If it were a different kind of game, we'd be probably more willing to give him one. Yeah. Now, my bone to pick, or I guess devil's advocate, is Jada Reed did everything that he did in a half, and it helped blow open the game. Now, did Bo Melton kind of cover the second half with all the big plays that he was making? Sure. He also saw the end zone. But... I, th- I think that's where I'm very. It's so close between Melton and Reed. How many does Reed have? Well, that's a good point right now. Jay Reed currently has four. Bo Melton obviously has zero. Um, I think before we go too also, much. Also, Jay Reed broke the rookie's reception <sighs> record. Before we get too far in this discussion, Corey Ballantyne, also deserving of a cheese. I think yes. his, I think his stat line has more to do with who was throwing the ball than his coverage, for what it's worth. Like I think he still played a good game, but the I don't disagree with that, but I will say three pass breakups, he's at the right side. You know what I mean? Yep, no, to- totally he was, agree. He was he was blanket and um even Justin Jefferson. I don't disagree. On a few. I'm just I think if they have a real quarterback out there, then that game might look a little different. Or like yeah. at least his, his, his line, I suppose. Yeah. That's why I'm discounting Corey Ballantyne. So I guess it comes down to Jones, Melton, and Reed. I think you and I both are between Melton and Reed at this point. Yes. I'm willing to give it to Jaden Reed because of what you had said. Of I'm it. willing oh. to give it to Bo Melton. Um, because if, is this a coin toss? It it might be. I think what our issue, or what I guess what I'm currently thinking about, and the issue I'm facing is we use the cheese board for fun as a gauge as or a gauge for who was having the the most impact throughout the season, right? And I'm not. What is that? <laughs> That, that's a free ad. It's a free ad, Jordan. Turn it around. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Good God. Um, um, they use the the cheese board as a gauge for who was performing throughout the year, right? And is Jaden Reed second on the cheese board right now? He is second behind now. Jordan Love with eight. He is pretty much locked in. It. He will be among the top three, top two. 
Right. And so where who's third? Third right now. Cause it is a tie. Preston Smith and Romeo Dobbs. With three? With three. And then Jaden Reed currently has four. Jaden Reed currently has four. Jordan Love has seven with uh, tonight's Chiefs. So, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I feel like you're telling the story of the season with Jaden Reed's. <laughs> you're just waiting for this coin. With Jaden Reed at four, possibly five, coming into this game against the Bears this coming week. And the devil's advocate side of that is, does Bull Melton deserve one? For what is in essence a two-game performance between the Bear or between the Panthers and the Vikings, does that make sense? Yes, it does. No, I, I agree completely. And part of it is a, a, the best. They say the best ability is availability. That that was going to be my my knock on Jaden Reed earlier, like as to why I think Bo Mountain should get it. So ultimately, uh, audio listeners, Jordan dug into a nondescript candy cardboard change collector and pulled out what looks to be either a quarter or a Kennedy nickel. No, I'm not that expensive. Er, rich. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm not that expensive. Um, um, George Washington is, it's up to George Washington for this cheese. Well, who, which up. side is which? Well, okay. Bob Melton heads. Okay. The, what state is What this? state is this? <laughs> You're you're pulling a it. you're pulling a Jair Alexander right now, Jordan. Yeah, so oh my god. <laughs> it is uh Missouri. Missouri? Missouri. <laughs> Are any of these guys from Missouri? I'm sure the maybe they're one of oh either I don't know. So to reiterate, Bo Melton is heads, Jaden Reed is tails. Alright. There's the flip. Go for it. It is heads. There we go. Mo Melton, welcome Mo to the talk of the tour. We're saying something. <laughs> I'm sorry, go for it. Mo Melton, welcome to the talk of the tundra. Cheese bowl. That was the most childlike psych cessation of a sentence. I was saying something. <laughs> All right, folks. That what is... happens when you record at 930? You get a little punchy. A little punchy. Um, so that there you have it, folks. Jordan Love, Bo Melton, and Preston Smith are the Week 17 cheese recipients. Congratulations to all of them. Um, only one, one more week to earn cheeses, right? I don't think we should go into the postseason with cheeses. That yeah, it, it's a regular season thing. It just tells thing. the story of the regular season. That's right. That's right. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Let's get into the news and reports. Um, I think the biggest thing that we kind of touched on um, earlier in the episode, obviously, was with Bo Melton's stand-up performance against the Vikings on Sunday. He earned himself a contract um, in part because they had um, upgraded Bo Melton from the practice squad to the active roster three times, so he didn't have any more activations. If they wanted to keep him they would, or have him play in a game, they had to sign him to a contract, which they did, which led to a um, another player going on IR, which was Samari Toure. Um, not really sure what his injury designation was. No, I'm, I I made a saw... joke in the Discord that it was stupid, like stupidity. <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't s- believe that is the official injury. Spread that publicly. <laughs> I have been trying to find which Packers reporter actually said that he was on crutches and was expected to have surgery. Oh, I did not even. So yeah, he's like out, out. Like this is not like oh, we just need someone to be on the fifty-three, or we need to get someone to be on the fifty-three man roster. No, it's more like this guy is actually hurt. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. hear that at all. Um, well, that does suck for for Samari. Then I'm trying to see. Definitely does. Um, yeah, I don't see anything from any of the reporters like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was a fever dream that I had about Samari Turi with the crutches. It could have been a fever dream. I'm trying to see, because like, I was just kind of scrolling in it. Um, because like, even like Paul, in Paul Brittle's Substack, he doesn't have anything about, um, about Samari. So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, everything's good with Samari. And that, uh, Maybe he'll, uh, well, I'm sure he'll be back next year for training camp for sure to try and yeah. win his spot. But I think it's going to be tough for him next year for sure. But that is a, um, that is a next year question. So, yes. Um, in other news, Jair Alexander returned from his suspension. Um, and it seems to be locked in to be, go against the Bears, likely drawing the, the DJ Moore, um, DJ Moore assignment. Matt Schneeman wrote a piece of The Athletic um, talking about uh, Jair's suspension with some quotes. Um, this one is from Jair, quote, I think it was definitely something to, something to learn from. There's definitely things that I could have improved, improved upon during that week to help with communication moving forward. That won't happen again. Um, that's the end of the quote. New one, quote, it doesn't affect my, my relationship with anybody. I think if anything, it improved it. It was good for both parties to hear both sides. That's kind of what we alluded to. We got down to the nitty-gritty. We just all agreed to be on the same page with communication moving forward. End quote. Um, I saw another one where he said he does want to be here next year, which might be kind of chalk talk because 
he's owed a lot of money. <laughs> I'd want to be here too for a lot of money. So glad to see that he's in good spirits, seemingly, at least publicly, about it. Isn't going to be too much complaining about it. And hopefully that this does lead to uh, a long and fruitful uh, partnership between Jair Alexander and the Packers. But I think it came out during his suspension week that the fate of Jair on the roster is in the hands of the $20 million roster bonus, I believe. Um, yes. That comes up in March. So whenever the Packers offseason comes, we won't have too long to wait after that to to know Jair's fate, essentially. Yes. What? <laughs> As he holds up another quarter. <laughs> um, Hands or tails, Jair? Um, <laughs> um before we move on to the injury report for the week for the Bears game, I think it's I think it's kind of just cool to talk about um, what Bo Melton said today about getting on the or being oh on, I miss this um, about being on the roster. So in the Packers locker room, they have the main fifty three man locker room, and then this was from I believe um, who was it? I can see there. No, not Ryan Wood, one of the beat reporters whose name I am is escaping me at the moment talked about how between Jordan Love's locker and I think it's either Carrington Valentine's or Corey Valentine's there is a large door essentially just like a large opening that leads to the practice squad's locker room like they don't they don't all share the big locker room there's just a little smaller room apparently but uh so uh Bull Melton came out of the practice squad locker room to do his like media time and talked about how if he doesn't stay with them they're not going to claim him anymore and so like he's not like success success isn't changing bull melton is what i'm trying to get at and what mm-hmm. whatever beat reporter tweeted about it said that as well so i not stealing but just alluding to this beat reporter who's i could just cannot find and it's honestly pissing me off see this is it's this is what's happening it's the sorority crunches all over again it is it's the same exact thing but then um to go with that um, Bull, well, during Bull Melton's media time, he had talked about how I think since week one, the Jordan Love has hosted a Monday night dinner or an early night in the week dinner to, I think with the, with the entire offense and then the defense was invited to, to go over film and just like be a team and have like that bonding time to go and try and be better, which is like, honestly, really cool for Jordan Love to do. Someone asked if he cooks. Um, he does not cook. He caters, which is funny because like, Bull Melton was like, "Yeah, he's cook. He's a great cook." And then everyone laughed. And no, no, no cooking. But still, it just I think it's kind of cool to see that leadership come from Jordan Love so early, particularly coming from last year and years prior as a different form. Well, it was different. It was just a different form of leadership, Jordan. A little bit of a an iron fist. It was Jason Wildey. Oh my God, I finally found it. Um, Jason will be reporting on Bull Mountain today was where I, was where I found it. Holy moly. Uh, different form of leadership last year, Jordan. A little bit of an iron fist rather than a velvet hand. I'm looking for or velvet lists. glove. And what was that? He's looking for lists. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like I honestly it just it just matters. Like this stuff matters to to the young yeah. guys. And I think it's I'm not gonna say it's like a game changer. But I think it goes a long way for the young guys to be all around one another like that and learning from each other, watching film and just having that bonding time. Like I think that I think that is really huge for a for a young team. 
Yeah, the t- togetherness of a team at where the Packers are is. I mean, we experienced it with Aaron, mm-hmm. with Jordy, with all the, you know, players that would soon make up that Super Bowl winning team in 2011, and then kind of define the Packers of the next decade. So, yeah, that's all you want. You want to see something like that happen. It's not, regardless of what happens on Sunday. We can say, well, as much as there were many ups and downs this year, we can say that there's something to what the Packers have built so far. And having that cohesion only, you know, fosters more, you know, taking that next step and trying to build something even even further. So, yeah. I'm sure it's also helpful for guys like Christian Watson and like other just kind of like, often hurt guys my brain like hard locked there for a second <laughs> but like christian watson like Jaden reed for spells now like now dontavion wicks like i'm sure it's just helpful for those guys to feel like they're a part of the offense still not that i don't think they'd like immediately not feel part of it but i think just in particular for sure christian watson given that he's missed more games than he's going to play this year and just being a part of the team and understanding that just because he's not out there contributing and having the breakout year like he wanted, he's still a part of it. He's still a crucial part of the offense to where understanding some looks that they're going to see if and when Christian Watson plays is good to under, like have an understanding and things. So it, all in all, it's just good vibes around the Packers right now as opposed to just the opposite of what it was the last couple of years. Not that winning wasn't fun under Aaron, but... It was trending towards something that was not as fun. Right, exactly. This it, is just fun. It was trending more towards business. Exactly. I, I that's a great way to put it. Yeah. They weren't just playing ball anymore. They were, they were to do a job. Do a job. Yeah. Pick up your lunch pail. Do your job and go home. Chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, <laughs> carry water. Hop on McAfee. Who's gonna carry the boats, Jordan? <laughs> Um, I also there's one note I forgot to include on our little like Mm. roundup here. Okay, Pro Bowl selections came out. Pro Bowl selections came out. You could have. I missed it because there wasn't anything important to see. Apparently, yes, the Packers are one. I believe one of four teams. Yeah, to not have a Pro Bowl selection. Um, this year. Now, they have. Yes, I have the four teams in front of me, including the Packers. The Panthers, the Commanders, and the Patriots. Um, Very interesting. I think it's very disrespectful to the Packers. I understand that they're young. But think about the three other teams you just talked about. They are uh, the top three in the order and... The Panthers are only top three because they trade away their pick away, too. Yeah, so the Bears get it. But, like, yeah. yeah, they're the three worst teams in the NFL. And then you have the Packers, who are fighting for a playoff spot in Week 18. And could make the playoffs. And so, I like, I understand that the Pro Bowl is in large part a a fan vote. So fans won't know all the guys they're supposed to be voting for on the Packers. But, like, Jordan Love and Jaden Reed... It's just I mean, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. Like Preston, honestly, probably deserves one. Deserves so, a nod. I think he's. A, I have the alternates. Yeah, I have the alternates. Uh, a first alternate is Rashawn Gary. Mm-hmm. 
The other alternates are Kenny Clark, Ellen Jenkins, Keyshawn Nixon, and Jair Alexander. Yeah, I think I f- it might have been um, Wendell. I forget his last name. He's uh, he's active on Packers Twitter, but something like like, like Frank or Bobby Wagner or Frank Clark. I forget who got like a Pro Bowl nod, and I think it was I think it was Bobby Wagner. It's just like people need to like watch the games rather than just vote because there's people who are deserving of Pro Bowl selections. I think maybe a Packers player on defense could have gotten in over Bobby Wagner. So there's that. So Pro Bowl, boo. I'll be more intrigued as to what the all pro uh, designations are and all rookie team, that too. So we shall see. We shall see. Should we get to the injury report, Jordan, for the Bears Packers matchup? Yeah, let's do it. I know I'm. It's long. (laughs) I'm going to go through the Bears first so I can just not have to punctuate that. Bears injury report, um, backup quarterback Tyson Bagnett is a, um, did not practice with an illness, not that it matters. Um, running back Khalil Herbert has a back. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Did you call him, what did you say? Bagnett, listen dog, it is 940 on a Thursday and you, <laughs> I don't care. What? Tell me how to pronounce it. Badgent. Tyson Badgent with an illness. He did not participate um, Wednesday or Thursday, not that it matters. Um, running back Khalil, Khalil Herbert has a back injury that he suffered, I think, during Wednesday's practice as uh, he was not listed on Wednesday but was limited on Thursday. Their DB, Jalen Johnson, has a shoulder injury. He was the DMP uh, both Wednesday and Thursday. Tight end Cole Komet was upgraded to a limited participant in practice with a knee injury. Um, he did not practice on Wednesday. Old friend Mercedes Lewis um, had vet rest uh, did not practice. Donald Mooney is battling a concussion. He is a DMP both Wednesday and Thursday. DJ Moore was a, a limited participant in practice um, with an ankle injury both Wednesday and Thursday. And their long snapper is currently with a foot a foot injury. Patrick Scales probably Ooh. got probably got stepped on as a long snapper. Trick but, question. He's uh, a reptile. <laughs> <laughs> And now, ladies Where, and gentlemen, how crazy would it be the the if, bears if he was a, a reptile, and they they just see like you just see like a what's a reptile a frog? No, that's not a, a frog is an amphibian. I'm gonna let you rock with what you think reptiles are because it seems like a fun um, game. Let's go. It's some kind of lizard, but that's just a, saying uh, lizard is not fun. Uh, <laughs> you can go a snake. Let's say. Ah, that's too easy, too easy. A Komodo, a Komodo dragon. dragon? There we go. That was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. Imagine like, him imagine a Komodo dragon. A <laughs> How could he get it through his tail? Am I right? You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we are fully off the rail, folks, but that's a good thing. <laughs> Big breath. You, guys, you ready for the Packers one? Because it oh. might be half the team. You can count it really your, has been for the last couple you can, weeks. You can count on your fingers, because I can't count while I'm, while I'm doing this. But first and foremost, Jair Alexander, with his uh, lingering shoulder uh, injury, was a full participant in practice Wednesday and Thursday. Safety Zane Anderson with a knee injury was limited on Wednesday, was a full participant on Friday. 
Um, linebacker Devondre Campbell has a neck injury. He was a full participant uh, Wednesday and Thursday. That's good news to get him back after the kerfuffle of playing with the injury a few games ago and all the drama that was surrounding him. Um, AJ Dillon has a thumb and a neck injury. He was a DMP both Wednesday and Thursday. Um, hold your count, Jordan. We have to uh, have a brief interruption to join the GSPN Discord because um, I believe it was Parker in there, if I'm not mistaken, sent a picture. He's like, oh, AJ Dillon has a, has a thumb and a neck injury, and it sent the picture of the dudes from Spy Kids 2 who have the thumbs for heads. <laughs> that was like it, well, the funniest thing I saw, I think, on uh, on Wednesday. So go join the GSPN Discord, GSPN.info, to find the invite there. Back to the injury report. We are not even close to being through with it. Safety Rudy Ford has a hamstring injury. He was a DMP both Wednesday and Thursday. Um, Elton Jenkins, uh, notably not a DM or was a DMP uh, both days with a knee and an ankle injury. He is in. Um, I guess he is in. He probably won't play. Is where we're going. Where I was going with this. I should say probably won't be as Jordan mouths shit. <laughs> I I know I ruined it. I know. Um, I think that came out of what Matt LaFleur said today, that they're taking it slow, but I don't think it's optimistic for Ellen to play on on uh, on Sunday. Uh, Aaron Jones has a knee injury and now a finger injury. He was a limited participant in practice both days. Um, Isaiah McDuffie did not, did not participate both days with a concussion and a neck injury. Luke Musgrave, coming off of his lacerated kidney, was limited both days. He said that he wants to play. He thinks he can play. Um, I'm not going to trust a man who waited 24 hours to report his lacerated kidney. So, Luke Musgrave, I think you're great. I think you're a great football player. Please just chill. Did you also, did you also see the detail that he, he in his downtime, he was learning uh, flight school? Buddy. Buddy. I don't want you near a plane. I don't want you near a plane. <laughs> Get off my plane. <laughs> That's why Harrison Ford. Yes, it was. Um, I think... I'm not really sure when that window started for Musgrave, if they have to activate him this week, but I am i don't really know. So I guess we'll see going forward how that's handled. Um, Josh Myers, who went out of Sunday's game with a neck injury, was a limited participant on uh, Wednesday and was a full participant on Friday. Same deal for Keisha Nixon, who had a quad injury. He was limited and then full on Thursday. Um, Jaden Reed's lingering chest injury. He had x-rays that came back good. He was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Um, safety Darnell Savage has a shoulder injury. He was a full participant both days. TJ Slayton uh, has a knee and a foot injury. He was limited both days. Preston Smith has an ankle injury. He was a DMP both days. Uh, tackle Luke Tenuta, who is also in, in his um, in his designated to return from IR window, um, has an ankle injury that he's obviously coming off of. He was limited. Um, or, I'm sorry, he was a full part- full participant both days. Um, Quay Walker has a shoulder injury. He was limited on Wednesday and then a full participant on Thursday. Christian Watson limited both days with his lingering hamstring. Uh, Dontavion Wicks limited on Wednesday and a full participant on Friday. And last but certainly not least Ugh. is Emmanuel Wilson in his uh, window to come back from IR. A shoulder injury, a full participant both days. 20, 20. players. More than half of the offense and defensive side of the ball. No, it's not. That'd be 25. I, I can't count. Um, that's a lot of players. But the good news, Jordan, is that a lot of these players 
who like I shouldn't say matter because honestly there's a lot of big names on this list. On the offensive side of the ball is where I was going with this is that Jordan Love seemingly might have his full host um, or his full cast of receivers on um, receivers and I guess Aaron Jones but not AJ Dillon maybe on Sunday against the Bears. Christian Watson was looking good today at practice according to Rob Dabowski and some of the other beat reporters. Same thing with Dontavian Wicks. Same thing with Jaden Reed. Like it's looking up like maybe Jordan Love might have his full complement of pass catchers um, to uh, to throw to against the Bears. God can only hope. It'd be cool. It'd be very cool. It'd be pretty cool. I don't if know it what did. the Packers. I don't know what the Packers do with that because. What I mean, even week one was probably the healthiest that they were. Even though I, Christian Watson wasn't. Yeah, he didn't play. Started and then Aaron Jones got hurt in the mid, midway through that game. Some of these players were even on the field for a lot of those snaps. Like Dontavian Wicks is definitely not on the field many, for many snaps that game. So now it's like, okay, so you have everything that you have, you're available to you. How are you gonna work that rotation? It's gonna be really. It's. I think there's a lot of these players. There's like three that come to mind. The whole Luke Musgrave stuff. Don't buy it. I think they want to you like they want to have him available. I don't know if he's actually going to be like football playable. Like, hey, we're going to throw you the ball, so make sure that ball doesn't explode your kidney again. I don't <laughs> want him to play for like no, his own I safety. I really, I again, and step away from the flight simulator, Luke Musgraver. Luke Musgraver, right? Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't envy this part of. All these guys coming back, and especially they want to play. They, there's so much to play for now. Mm-hmm. So naturally, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, do you run your regular starting like rotation, like the the guys that you anticipated being the difference makers in in the the season early on, or do you ride the guys that took you here? Like, yeah, Jaden Reed's gonna play regardless. But when it comes to like Romeo Dobbs or Dontavian Wicks or Romeo Dobbs or Bo Melton then I guess it, that'll be some of the strings Matt LaFleur and Adam Stenovich will have to pull on Sunday in a, in a do-or-die game. Because otherwise it'll be... I, I think, like, I'm fine with Romo Dobbs playing, obviously. I think he he's a pat, touchdown catching machine, but we've both expressed frustrations with him and his ability to, excuse me, catch the ball once. Like, he does a lot of double catching, and it got him in hot water with Adam Thielen. <laughs> <laughs> during the Panthers game, um, towards the end of the game. And I think like that's his biggest thing is that he can go up and make a good catch, but nine times out of ten he's double catching it and it leads to problems going to the ground because nine a lot of a lot of his routes are on the outside versus over the middle. Oh Romeo Romeo. What where art do? thou where art thou ball, <laughs> Romeo? So let's get into the matchup a little bit. Um, as of late, the Chicago Bears have been playing much better as opposed to their God, it pr- scares me. Pretty bi- abysmal start. Um, the Bears are four and one in their last five games with a plus forty-five point differential. I think it is worth noting that those four wins have come against the Vikings, the Lions, the Cardinals, and the Falcons. Not exactly your top, your cream of the crop opponents. The Lions is a divisional matchup. Like that's. That'll happen, but I think that was also week 
Uh, no, because they, I think it was three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I have it up on here right now. Because um, that was the game where Goff fumbled like week four 14, times. So that was four weeks ago Yeah, they, at this point. Goff fumbled like four times, right? And I think through an, it was an ugly game for the Lions Goff, offense. Goff played like crap against both games right. against the Bears. Right. And so... Um, the Vikings win was also the 12 to 10 win on Monday night that I believe Josh Dobbs was eventually, um, relieved of his duties for Nick Mullins, I believe. Yeah. So, right. There's that. Right. So there's a bit of context as to how those games shook out. Um, but the biggest part of it has been the trade that, um, the bears swung for Montez, Montez sweat, uh, Six sacks in eight games since um, signing a big extension um, after being traded from the Commanders and after their GM had to go on public radio or on, on talk radio and say they had to play him. Like, right? Are you, are you aware that that happened? I th- is this Washington or is this Chicago? This is Chicago. So Ryan Poles. Oh, yeah. I mean, I- I'm almost certain. Yeah, I vamp vote Mountain Sweat for two seconds while I try and find that. I mean, if, to defend Ryan Poles for a minute here, I know you said that the NFC North was going to go through Chicago when he got that job. It still has not. But yeah, if you make a play for Montez Sweat and he's up for a contract, you know, you got to pay the man. And he's doing really well right now. <laughs> he's doing real well. I think he's definitely earning, uh, earning that. That contract that he's already he's that, that he already earned, so that money. Yeah, is that what we're going with? Because he got traded for there. Yeah, I understand. Is that what we're going with? <laughs> <laughs> I believe I saw that somewhere. I'm. I don't think I'm pulling it out of my the back end. But regardless, he is playing very well for the Bears. Um, and this is from from Peter Bukowski. Um, since the Montez Sweat trade, it's helped the Bears pass rush just kind of exists because before that they they didn't have one at all um but for even with the addition of montez sweat they're only 20th and um uh pressure rate since since uh the since the trade so still below average just need to hopefully avoid him on the line when that when that comes and just really focus on giving Jordan love time, which comes at a very rough time now that Elton Jenkins possibly isn't going to be playing. <laughs> yeah. Worth noting though, that, um, in a, with turnovers, this is a screenshot from a, in a reply of a tweet. So take that for what you will. The bears defense has 27 total takeaways, the but, third most takeaways in the NFL and the most interceptions. So, Maybe that pass rush over the last few weeks has been helping the secondary get some more turnovers rather than actual sacks. Plus ten turnover d- differential in this four to, in one five game streak. That's crazy. Yes, that's crazy. Thirty to pick six. That's uh, that's pretty nuts, frankly. Like I think a lot of that obviously comes from the golf game, but yeah. Two pick, averaging two picks a game over five games, or averaging two turnovers a game over five games is really good. Really good. Really good. Do you know it's really funny though too? At the same time, so that, like we're that is a crazy stretch. This is like 
you know, policy on kind of outlier stuff. The Bears only have a plus two turnover differential on the season. Wow. That's how, that's how bad things are going. 15 um, interceptions and 10 fumbles. Um, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, in that time as well, um, the Bears have held the Vikings, the Browns, and the Cardinals to under 100 yards rushing during this stretch of games. They're playing well. They're they're playing very, very hot. And they come in, they're coming into Lambeau looking to be like a, a spoiler, essentially, just like the Lions were last year. Um, it, it, it's, I'm not going to say it's scary, but I'm, I'm nervous. I don't want to be nervous, but I, I think in my, my gut, I am a little nervous for this game. I mean, we did talk about it last week where, you know, I wanted to just play for something in week 18 mm-hmm. and before the Vikings game. So this is contingent on the Packers winning. You wanted, I, I mean, I'm sure we could go back to the, to the record, but you're like, oh, I would be, it wasn't that you'd be fine with losing against the Vikings, but you did not want to have the scenario where the Bears would beat the Packers to force them out of going to the playoffs. I didn't want to give the Bears a satisfaction. Not even a little possible bit. that the Packers don't give them that to begin with, but it is very clear that this is not the same Bears team. I will say it's also like I like that's the <laughs> the thing about of facing let's run through the last basic basically since they traded for Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. They played the Saints. They played the Panthers. They lost to the Saints, won against the Panthers, lost to the Lions. Um, which the Lions had to come back crazy for. It was a thirty one to twenty six uh win that was not indicative of, of the Lions leading that game. It was more the Bears choked and yada yada yada. Right. Beating the Vikings in Week 12, 12 to 10 on Monday Night Football, a catastrophe beyond all proportion by week. Somehow they lost that, too. Um, <laughs> uh, the, they beat the Lions 28 to 13 coming out of the bye week. Lose to the Browns on a weird Hail Mary call that involved Brad Allen, the infamous ref that is uh, drawing the ire of every NFL fan right now. Yep. Um, they lose that game 2017. Beat the Cardinals 27 to 16. Everybody's beating the Cardinals except for a few. Uh, <laughs> they beat the Falcons 37, 37 to 17. Again, the Falcons are not one of good. The most milk, milk toast teams that you'll find out there. So part of me is like, okay, what you said before, the strength of schedule is not that high. The best team that they probably be in that stretch is easily the Lions. And the Vikings have been in an abyss because Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles and they have not been the same outside of two outlier Josh Dobbs performances that every thought everybody thought that he was the next big thing. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Their defense terrifies me. Their offense is largely the same. Like I've seen, this is a like I know we're looking at this looking at this from a Packers perspective, but this game might be the last that Justin Fields is a starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and might have a lasting impression of what they do for the rest of their the decade and the offseason. And the offseason, clearly. With the first so overall to, pick that they have. So to me, like, from what, how the Bears have played, like, it, it certainly is not, like, rock-bottom stuff. They have not been a rock-bottom team. They've been a lot better. And I, I marveled at the fact that they could possibly, I mean, say if they won, they only have a negative 11 point differential. Like, that is not indicative, indicative of how it was last year where they were this just god awful team, right? And you know all that it's, stuff. It's not indicative of how, how people talk about the Bears either. Yes, and I, I think that yes, that is the point that I, I'm tr- like. I see a lot of like the frisky and all that stuff, and it is true. But it also, like a lot of the stuff that I felt like we thought of the Bears going into the year, they just needed a jump start with talent. They needed more talent. But a lot of the things that they did investing in their defense, investing in their secondary, now it's like that stuff is where they're making their money. And that's really fueling this comeback. Mm -hmm. So that's where the offensive part about it is like, yeah, Justin Fields scares me in a very Packers way because dual threat quarterbacks, as bad as he's been as a passer for consistent stretches at this point, the guy can just light him up mm-hmm. because you know really Joe good at, yeah really he's just he's just joel barry but yeah, yeah he's he's just really good at escaping pass rush and just scrambling when he needs to like i think that's just that's the stereotypical quarterback that beats the packers that's it's what so many i won't go down the laundry list of pack of quarterbacks at the list of the packers but um we, there's ball there's a few this year that we could have said about i know that's all we had to do exactly um this year, the Packers have allowed the third most rushing yards to QBs, um, but they've only um, allowed one touchdown to those uh, quarterbacks rushing, running the ball. So it's basically all of the bend in Joe Barry's defense in those games is coming from um, quarterbacks running the ball up the middle and scrambling. Like, I think that was the majority of what the Giants game was, right? Was yes. just allowing Tommy DeVito to run up and down the field for no care, which is obviously a mistake. Um, 
Justin Fields, obviously that type of quarterback that is comfortable running with the ball. Um, second most rushing yards um, this season from a quarterback, um, only behind the obvious choice and future MVP or future two-time MVP, Lamar Jackson. Um, and I think notably, he's just good at scrambling in the pocket, scrambling out of the pocket, I should say, and just finding guys open. Like he's just, he's not a pocket passer. He's more comfortable playing that sort of college-esque style of football where those young guys are more comfortable rolling out of the pocket and throwing on the run. They just are. And so uh, when he ranks third in scramble yards, like I, we had talked about, 346, um, and I think with hopefully Devondre's back, if he can try and contain and be like a little bit of a spy, same thing with Quay yeah. Walker, like both those guys playing, I think it's going to be very important. But being able to not overextend on your pass rush and not break contain from Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith is going to be really important because I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is how often did we see this season just the Red Sea part up the middle when Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt get pushed to the side and then uh, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith get too far upfield and then there's just all the running room in the world for any number one of these guys to really go through and, and run the ball. And I think that's going to be the the difference in this game, frankly. And not even not even mobile quarterbacks quarterbacks that we would think of this think in this way to have burned the Packers in that way. Right. Just it's any quarterback, honestly. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, and Justin Fields has never went over 100 yards rushing against the Packers. Um, he has. Uh, reached in the he has gotten the end zone in two of his five starts against the Packers so I would honestly expect him to get in the end zone again against the Packers um this Sunday because I think it's just one of their better plays near the the goal line is to have a play breakdown or run a, a QB draw up the middle for Justin Fields yeah I'm not afraid Justin Fields I'm just like very aware that he's probably going to run all over us <laughs> which is which is upsetting yeah it's just a matter of when that drive happens does it happen right away yeah i think that's a big part you know, of it too it, yeah does it happen like the first game like we think of it now as this like easy breezy game but it was very much a close game going into halftime and packers blew open the door you know in the second half right but Jets Fields was still making plays. He was still doing things that, like, we expected him to do. And there's been a lot of talk about, like, okay, they put the training wheels on him last year and, and really forced him to be a running quarterback and not necessarily... And obviously their supporting cast of their top wideout was Chase Claypool. And now he's not even on the team. Right. Um it's the threat that he has in that way. And not for nothing, but like him and DJ Moore do have something going. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Where, to the point where DJ Moore is saying like, he doesn't want to play with, you know, he wants to play with just fields. He doesn't want to play with another quarterback that the bears might draft. That's so, tough. Which I, I get. If you look at his, his season this year, um, since the Washington game, which was, Oh, I apologize. That was a different... Um, I was reading the, the table wrong, but... Um, 
he had the Washington game where he went for 230 and three touchdowns. And then he had another game over 130, another game over 100. He's got one, two, three, five games over 100 yards this year. And what looks like to be five games of over seven catches. Like, he's efficient with Justin Fields. And I think it's in part of, like, he's really the only guy on the team that Justin Fields can throw to. Like, they've had a revolving door of cast members between Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, Jake Claypool, and others that were just not there for him to throw to, but DJ Moore has been the consistent option all year long for him. So I don't yeah. blame DJ Moore for being like, hey, I want to play with this guy because I came from a franchise in the Panthers that had a revolving door of quarterbacks and I wasn't having my best time. And now I'm having success with a quarterback who you guys might be ushering out the door. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the offseason. <laughs> like, but I, the only reason why I'm bringing that up is that we we think of this game as oh the Bears have nothing to play for they're uh, eliminated from playoff contention. Oh, I no, think this yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Like to to what you're about to say, this could be a huge inflection point. It was for the Lions last year too. Yep. Like how they charted the the course of the off season with significant draft capital. The Bears mm-hmm. have even more significant draft capital than the Lions did. But it it is that decision of do you stay with what you got or do you move on? Personally, I think I, I, you move. I think the franchise itself has a lot to play for for this game, and I think the players have as much to play for as well. I think it, it's a carbon copy of Week 18 last year against the Lions. One hundred percent, it's the it's, same situation. It's the same situation. You have a, an upstart team who's looking to compete soon, trying to figure out their identity against a team who's trying to make it in the playoffs. So why not play spoiler? Why not figure out what you can do in a game where it has to matter for one team. So you're going to play your best. And frankly, just again, play for something and get your guys up. Like I I, I don't think there's any bigger motivation um, for losing teams than playing spoiler. Like, I think that's just one of, it's like, it it's certainly carried into the Lions season this year. Like, yeah, and I think that is that is such a confidence booster. No yep. matter what happens, it it proves to Dan Campbell and company as well as the Lions that they had a framework there, and that they they believed in themselves that they could go out and win the game, and they did. And of course, they didn't have the same cast of um, players who was there in that win versus who they started this season. But I don't think it's coincidence how last year ended for the Lions on their winning streak to I should say winning streak their end of year run because I think they yeah they went I think they were in the same exact position the Bears are in where they ended the year I think six and one or five and one or one and eight right and I think they lost to the Seahawks in week 16 or 17 and that was their season like they had to win out to get there but then they won more and obviously won the last game of the season like I, I think this is just a very important week for the the Bears, and that's why the Packers need to come ready to execute on Sunday. Because if they're if they come out lackadaisical, they come out lollygagging. That I just don't think it's going to work out well for them. And they've had like that as of late, they've been fine early on. Like even in the first drive of the Minnesota game, I think they went three and out, and they got kind of got on track with their second drive. But they need to get to a fast start against the yeah. Bears because. 
they I'm not gonna say they're explosive, but with when you have a, a talent like Justin Fields and you have a player like DJ Moore, there's opportunities for explosive plays from them. And so it'll it'll be a, a challenge for sure. Uh moving on, the defense for the Bears has allowed uh the third fewest rushing yards um to running backs this season, but they have trouble covering those running backs in space um, in the passing game. Uh, seven touchdowns this year they've allowed, which is second most in the NFL behind the Cardinals. So Aaron Jones just m- might be as important this week as he was in the game against the Panthers and in the game against the Vikings. Like We could see this will be an interesting stat, Jordan. The first time we've seen a back-to-back-to-back 100-yard rusher or something. <laughs> in Packers history. I'm not even sure when the last time that happened. If it has happened, I'm sure it has. But yeah, mm. an Aaron Jones performance like the last two weeks would be a welcome, welcome sight. I agree. I worry that they would maybe spam a lot of design plays to get him involved in the passing game. But clearly with a Bears team that, yes, they have a really good secondary they have at least a star pass rusher, not necessarily, not necessarily a full blown like, hey, this is a you know front line that you're scared of, and an improved linebacker core. But like, Aaron Jones, even one half, and however many plays it was in Week One, maybe eleven, he burned <laughs> them pretty easily. Um, and yeah, I would. He's it's always gonna be the bellwether of just how a game goes. Like I, I think Jordan Love himself can win a game, especially with the stakes. Like it is we have seen you know what I'll I'll save this point because I'm sure one of us is gonna pick him for players to watch. Alright, that sounds good. <laughs> um yeah, I just, I just think that I, I totally agree with that he is the bellwether. It's if he goes one drive with a few touches and then we don't see him for a quarter. That's, I don't think good for vibes in general. <laughs> I think a lot of us will be uh, a little upset at that. Um, but I guess on offense to continue with that, it's going to be, I I think I want to see more of the running game early to, again, from what they've been doing all year long, getting that, that play action pass game going because they've been doing so well with it. Um, but you have made a good note here is that, do the Packers just avoid whatever side Jalen Johnson is is I covering? Sure yeah, because he's he's do done you, good. Do you want to hear his stats? Do we, I not go for I have it? A bad memory already, so I. It's up in the bit I passed over on accident. Um, per PFF, he has the highest coverage grade of anyone of on note of this season for like a defender. Not there's like. You know those like stats where yes. you look it up and like, oh, yes. it's some DN, but it, he's only had seven cover yep. snaps. Yep, doesn't doesn't count to my hands. Fifty targets for Jalen Johnson. He's only allowed twenty five catches, one hundred ninety five receiving yards, one hundred fifteen after the catches. Kind of really interesting. And one TD. I believe he is at um, four interceptions on the season. He was a someone that was really coveted at the trade deadline, and why wouldn't you? Because he's legitimately good possibly the best cornerback in the league right now even not on a team that's not going to make the playoffs um 
I think in if this is a if this was an Aaron Rodgers at his peak, we saw plenty of those games where oh the Packers were playing the Seahawks, whoever's lined up against Richard Sherman's just gonna be a non-factor because Rodgers is not gonna throw that side of the ball right or that side of the field right. So for me, to see where you have on one side of the field with Jalen Johnson to the other side. I think you gotta pick the other side. The other side being reigning defensive player of the week, Tyreek Stevenson, coming off of a two interception, four PBU, and five tackle week, but on the season has a 59.4 coverage grade from PFF. Um, he's a rookie. He's allowed a league high nine TDs on 103 targets. Um, and then four of those TDs have come in man coverage as well. So. I think it'll be interesting. Like if Christian Watson plays, I wonder who gets that assignment. Like I, would, I imagine it would be probably Jalen Johnson just to prevent the big play from happening. But if I think that's where the health of these receivers comes into play quite critically, because if you're healthy, if you have a healthy Christian Watson, and a healthy Jaden Reed, he can't cover two guys. And those are the two biggest no. playmakers in your passing game right now. Um, outside of momentum with Bo Melton. And obviously Tavion Wicks, if he's um, at full full health as well i'm just excited to see how that passing game works out like i think it could be a fun game to see how jordan love attacks jalen johnson if he does if he does choose to do that um i'm trying to think jordan when was the last time jordan love threw interception do you remember oh I'm, i got his game i got his uh his game log here i'll, I'll pull it up um, the last time he threw an interception was against the Giants, and then before that, it was against the Steelers. He's had one interception since um, the Chargers game, so he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good at he's accurate, he's I should say, up. and just made good decisions. Like he's, like he he's just been playing so well throughout the season. Like we saw like that during the losing streak, like the worst parts of Jordan Love trying to force balls, just not throwing good balls, obviously. But since the middle of the season, he's been playing a lot better, making better decisions. I think this is going to be the most important part of it is can he continue to make those good decisions and can he continue to be able to put the ball where he wants it, avoid drops from his receivers to where you get interceptions that way, just off fingertips, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, if he can start chucking deep balls to Christian Watson, I honestly would be surprised if they sent Christian Watson deep, given his hamstring, because they're finicky. So, but it, I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious as to how they'll use him if he's healthy, that, that being Christian Watson. But I'm confident in Jordan Love's ability to um, attack Jalen Johnson over there. Just go for it, I think, at this point. Like, you're, if you really want to show out as to the quarterback you're developing to be, maybe you don't shy away from it. You kind of test him once or twice. But I think I also agree with you that if you have Christian Watson being covered by Jalen Johnson on one side and Jane Reed on the other being covered by Tyreek Stevenson, I think you just feed. Jaden Reed, most of the game. By the way, week one, Jalen Johnson was targeted four times, allowed one catch for 13 yards um, when the Packers play the Bears. Right. So, for for note, for note. For note. I, yeah. I think the – I'm not going to get into player swatch just yet because I think a theme to watch is just the protection for Jordan Love. If Elton Jenkins doesn't play, it's going to be a bit testy, tenuous maybe. And I th- I don't want to see Royce Newman. I'd rather see Sean Ryan. 
And I'm not sure Matt LaFleur and company make that decision. Like, I think offensive line decisions is going to be a pretty important part of how Sunday shakes out. And if it's bad and it leads to a loss, I think that's something, a conversation we have to talk about because this is a mistake that Matt LaFleur and company have made before putting Royce Newman in the game. Yeah, that's... That is maybe the biggest question that no one is going to really think of, at least first, right. going into this game. Not having Elton would be a huge loss. He's been, frankly, the most dependable lineman on this team. He's a Pro Bowl reserve. Yeah, there you go. Um, I I really... I think there's combinations where they can go to maybe Sean Ryan goes in at the guard spot, you maybe maneuver around some way, but like we're talking about Ellen Jenkins here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in the same class as Bach in a, in a lot of ways, at least current day Bakhtiari. Right. Um so yeah, that that's a huge loss that I don't want to think about. I don't either, but I think it's going to be important. I think yeah. it's gonna be a, a pretty important part of this uh of this game. And I think so is just in general the health of the entire team. Like, that's an obvious thing to say, but we had 20 players on the injury report. Like, that's significant. And it makes sense. It's an 18-game season or an 18-week season. You're at the last week. It makes sense that this would be the one of the longer reports you have. I'm just hoping that a lot of those critical players, Quay, Devondre, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, like all Elton Jenkins, all these players are able to go so that we have the best shot of making the postseason as as possible because we were in this spot last year as podcasters jordan right and we were, yep. we, were we thought we had it in the bag we, we were going against the alliance team that we thought was going to be easy pickings at home like we, i understand that the i wonder how we thought of it at the time I'm, i bet I we don't i don't think i like i don't want to say like we were bragging that we were going to win bold yeah i don't think we, we were that because no no half measure no full measures around here <laughs> always half measures but uh i think we were more confident that we had a hall of fame quarterback at home in a do or die game against a defense that was giving yeah, well, up 40 points a game you know what i mean like yeah i think we were more confident that the odds were ever in our favor. Yeah. That was to show us what that, how much good that proved. Right. Exactly. So, no, I, I'm excited for the game. I'm nervous for the game. Um, in Green Bay, I think it's supposed to be cold. Not cold, cold, cold. But, I was just about to look up the weather because... Um, I think it'll... Sunday, 37... High of 37, no so, precipitation. So not cold. Humidity is 73%. It honestly is akin to what it was for the Buccaneers game. Yeah. Which, it just, it's just kind of how this year is going. It's a, it's a warm year, but yeah, we'll see. It, it's a, it's it, a warm year. Well, Jordan, I, we got two inches of snow in Milwaukee in like October. And there hasn't been any covering since. So, the the frozen tundra isn't so frozen. I think it's just a, a good winter football game for Lambeau, frankly. Like, yeah, we need one. Yeah. So, alrighty, let's get into the players to watch. Ah, uh, I know. 
Go for go for it. Who's your player to watch for either team? Um, I'll start with Bears. DJ Moore. Good pick. I really, the secondary has like. We can say a lot of different things about the secretary right now with the the Packers, but it is like everything. It's not even just about the season. It's about the decisions that have gone into the season where maybe we presented this scenario in an off-season pod. Maybe we didn't. But we probably thought, hey, if your season's on the line, maybe you're playing for a playoff berth. Maybe it comes down to playing the Chicago Bears in Week 18. And your secondary is starting um, a rookie cornerback that was drafted in the seventh round and a journeyman um, cornerback from, you know, undrafted, I believe. We probably not have a lot of faith in that secondary. Not at all. On top of the, all the safeties questions that we've had, and it's obviously been a revolving door throughout the year. However... Do I think that that may be the best way to go with this? I don't know. I think Jair Alexander is going to be helpful just to have because I do think he plays up to the opponent that he is facing when he is playing to his strengths or is deployed to play to his strengths, if that makes sense. So it's it's such a loaded question just to think of like what could possibly happen because I don't have any guess no one has any guess no one has any guess of how it's going to be rotated do they have a quick hook with Jair because we get all caught up in the coin toss controversy guy hasn't really played a game he's played one game in the last two months right and did not play very well nope so like I don't know I, I Justin Fields scares me. DJ Moore scares me. I think there's there's at least more to bank on them kind of working in tandem rather than hey we're the Minnesota Vikings we're starting a rookie fifth uh, fifth round quarterback that hadn't played that they already benched just at some point in the year like it is a very different set of circumstances it's not a great set of circumstances because as we've been talking about like they can move on from just fields but there is at least something there that i would i am scared of in terms of dj Moore being able to get what he wants against a packer secondary that i don't know how they're gonna play yeah i'm right there with you i am going to go off that same point and my picks are the quarterbacks justin fields and jordan love so I will go and adjust to the fields first. Um, I think in order to win this game, they have to limit his ability to get out of the pocket. He's really good at doing it, but I think if they can make him a pocket passer, they will be just fine um, throughout this game. Where they get into trouble is they allow him to scramble and extend plays, um, which is his absolute strength. So I, you said you're scared of him. I'm not like horrified of him, but I'm definitely not... Uh, enthused to play him. He had a lot of spicy things <laughs> to say this week, saying that the Packers are, fans are going to be loud because the only thing they do to do in Green Bay is watch football. Okay, sir, Justin Fields, as a Green Bay native, one, you're not wrong, so frig off. Two, 
they're going to be loud because they're playing the biggest rival in a week 18 game where they're playing for a playoff spot. They're not cheering loud because nothing to do. They're cheering loud because they have fans. And just because your fans boo you sometimes and are possibly moving to the suburbs out of the city of Chicago, that doesn't mean that these guys up here, these all these fans up here shouldn't be cheering loud in the first place. So think about Don't that. come at Newmark. I think it's just a stupid a stupid quote. Like it's just like the, he could pick anything besides like how how original is picking on Green Bay for being a small city? It's just it's it's just not original. There's and, not much to do there. there's that Oneida Casino and Ed's a uh, small meat shop on on Main Street. Is that what he said? <laughs> Something like that. Like it's just if you're gonna pick beef with a city, just maybe give some respect to the rivalry and not oh they're just cheering loud because they're bored. No, we're cheering loud because the Bears and the Packers have a hundred year old rivalry, and we want to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> we want to get into the playoffs. Right, like it's just whatever. So all that, all that being said, if you let Justin Fields, if you come at the get, G, you better hit. That's what you're saying. Exactly. You bet. I, I G's. I almost was problematic, or not problematic. Just had a thought cross my mind that wasn't going to be appropriate. Um, um, I, I, I hesitate to let Justin Fields cook this game in a very similar fashion as to do you let Duncan Robinson get hot at the end of game two of Stop. the Stop. first round last year. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious, Jordan. Like, he's been playing well, right? Duncan and, Robinson is, like, maybe one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history. But, but for a year and a half not. before that, he absolutely wasn't. He was playing awful. He wasn't. He wasn't in the rotation, Jordan. He was not. But that's. And and, and this is my point: is that if you allow a guy who was a first round pick, who has talent, be able to see that talent manifest. I don't. No. 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 I'm not buying this this analogy. I'm not buying it. I'm putting it down. I understand what you're trying to say. Is it's the if you let a shooter get start shooting yes I understand but I don't Duncan Robinson was literally like I don't want this is a football podcast I'm not going to go into basketball (laughs) regardless on the, the other quarterback Jordan Love you have an opportunity to do what your predecessor could not last year in the same exact scenario I'm not saying we should be comparing them because I think all of us in Packers fandom are sick of the comparisons in the first place. But golly, you can't shy away from this one. This is the same scenario. I think it'd be pretty close to the same record, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan, if they would have won. Um, Last year? Yeah. Yes. So it's just a carbon copy of last year. And if you want to show that you're the guy and that you deserve a big contract, which I'm not saying isn't already, then go There's out a win. financial incentive. I think he gets a million dollars if they win. Or his a million base, and a half. His base uh, salary would be um, escalated by as much as $4 million, yep. according to ESPN's Rob Domoski. Yep. So a possible five 
Um, sorry. If the Packers make the playoffs, Love's salary in 2024 will increase by $500,000. They win a playoff game, it's another $500,000. It kind of keeps going on and on as those right. escalators would get triggered. Um, and I believe if they win, if they win, I think they get up to the sixth seed with a Rams loss. So there's even an opportunity here to have an to have a chance to host a playoff game. Like that would be cool for Jordan Love and these guys early on. Again, that's if they win um they win three games and the seventh seed, which would be the, the Rams, Rams at that point, go on a run too. But I mean, go for it. This is his time to shine on a what is going to be prime time slot to showcase that he is the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers fans and the fans have nothing to worry about and the rest of the NFL does. So go do it. That was to expound what I was going to, what I was saying for this moment is that Jordan Love has made huge progress throughout the season, especially over the latter half of the year. We've seen real strides. We've seen him be comfortable. It has not taken him a lot of drives to kind of get his feet wet, get into the game. Sometimes, yeah, maybe they have a three and out like last week, but then he's dealing. I also would not be surprised to see kind of the, this is the big moment. This is the biggest moment of his career to date. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised to see him kind of know that he's in that moment and have some kind of wobbly moments. Like he's a very confidence based quarterback. And when he's feeling he's in a rhythm, like that is where we are seeing, Oh, that is the guy that is going to lead the next Packers team to a Super Bowl. There's also the moments where it can get a little too big for him. It can get a little too rushed for him. It's all about finding that equilibrium and it's not easy. That's why these moments, it's going to be, one, really fun when things are going right. And two, like you you want everything to go away because <laughs> he may have thrown a pick or he may have gotten sacked or lost the ball or whatever. Like this is, I like that we're in this this moment in this game coming up for him because we talked all season long about wanting to see these kind of proven moments. He had he's proven a lot, and I have no reservations about what his career in Green Bay is like moving forward. But in terms of this Packers team going to the playoffs, I would obviously like to see Jordan Love be very successful. Yeah, I think I expect a lot of um, like nerves from the young from the young guys. Like we yes. might see a couple of drops, and it might be frustrating. But I think that's just part of it, right? And hopefully, these guys are just up for it rather than shrinking in the moment so who is your last player um well obviously jordan love is going to be mine but that's why i, I, I like, stole it I, it's fine that's fine i'm going to go a little bit different i don't think we have ever mentioned his name as a player to watch at all this year surprisingly maybe i'm wrong kenny clark i think i might have had him once you might have actually now that i'm thinking about it he steps up for divisional games he, I know his PFF grades, not that, that it's an end-all, be-all. 
it has not reflected, oh, that was the top defender of this game or whatever. But Kenny Clark, like last year, is really turning on late into the year. He had it wasn't Preston Smith that had the most pressures last week. It was Kenny Clark. He had eight. He can himself command so much attention. And we know how this Bears offensive line is. I believe it's gotten it's obviously gotten better that they're moving the ball and scoring points and everything like that. But it's not like we're not talking about this kind of we're not talking about the Eagles. We're not talking about the um I don't know, not even the Packers this year. Like there's there are holes in this offensive line. And with the am- amount of attention that he commands and still manages to put in eight pressures against a good Vikings offensive line. I would really I I think he is such a catalyst in a lot of ways where if it's not just about the attention that he gets, but if he does break through, it can kind of force fields out of the pocket where a guy like Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, you know, obviously with Sean Gary, JJ Anagbari, if he just kind of goes into open arms like that, that would be wonderful. But I think the Packers obviously need some kind of disruptor to really set the tone that in a way that it's not just about scoring points. It's a way about, oh, let's put our best foot forward defensively. And that was what last week was. And I would, I I think Kenny Clark might have the best chance of doing that. Great point. Great point. Score predictions. I'll go first since I made you go first on players. Um, man. This is a tough one. I'm going to go... 30... To... 24. Packers. They win. They get in. Uh... Jordan Love is the next franchise quarterback to torment the Chicago Bears for the next 15 years. Additional prediction. Do they perhaps get to the succeed? Uh, that's going to be... So that, I'm basically that's asking a, you, do, you, do you think the Rams lose? Well, that's a tough question because the, brands, the Rams are starting Carson Wentz and the 49ers are starting Sam Darnold. I think the Rams lose. I think they lose too. But like, you're asking me to predict this predict us a game in which none of the starters are playing. <laughs> so very well. I think they. It's at the 49ers. Yeah, I think the um, the uh, the Rams lose, get to the seventh seed, and then they would end up playing the cowboys i believe is currently cowboys baby if the cowboys win they're the second seed if the lions win and the cowboys lose they're the second seed um but basically the packers are i think well it doesn't matter we won't won't do playoff scenarios at this point unless you want to quickly No, no no okay so um yes i think i think the rams lose so they get to the sixth seed and play most likely Detroit. Hmm. What fun. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll do a similar way. I'll go 24. 17. 
Packers. All right. One heard, score game. I think it's going to be closer than we want it to be. But yes. boy, Jordan, 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 Jordan. 49 to zero. Imagine. 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 I don't think it's in the realm of possibilities. But I don't, but it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty, pretty cool if you did. <laughs> it'd be pretty cool if they did. They won 49 to nothing. That's right. All right, folks, that does it for us. An extra long episode of Top this week it as was. we go into a one of the most important games um, of the year, arguably the most important game of the year. So appreciate you all for listening. Hope you guys liked all the content. Check out gspn.info for the latest and greatest uh, all things Wisconsin sports and pop culture. You can check out Ty and Rohan, who are recording right now with us on the other account, too, as they record the S of the Bucks. They don't need to know that. They don't need to know that, but it, it happened, and I'm not editing it out. So, <laughs> um, As they record after the Bucks squeaked out a win over the San Antonio Spurs, um, I need a final series between Victor Wembanyama and Giannis ASAP. That was an amazing, amazing game to watch. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but I need it more. I, that might be like 2030, maybe. I need it, I need it more than uh, twice a year for the next couple of years. I just need more of it. Um, so they're recording after that. Uh, Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder just dropped a fresh, hot episode of Cruising for a Bruising. Uh where they give out grades for the Brewers outfield and talk about the continued waiting game that is the offseason for the Brewers, who barely make any signings at all through the free agency thus far. And then you can check out... Um, oh, also, also uh, I forgot a box pod. Check out Win in 6 as they had their 400th episode recently as well as had a uh, tribute to the late... Uh, Herb Cole, who passed away, I think, uh, the week of Christmas, right? Yep. So that is a great, great pod that my lovely co-host, Jordan Tresca here, and Adam put together that came out earlier this week. So go check it out. Um, it was very, very good. And to get back to Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder's um, other pod, make time for this. Just go watch movies. Just watch movies. Go through the list. Check out what movie you want to see. I'm just like scrolling down to the bottom to see how far I can go back. And what what is this? Uh 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 getting lost in Christian Petzold's dreamlike cinema of ghosts. If you like Christian Petzold, go check out that pop from July 2021. With that being said, that is all from us. Please follow us on Twitter and uh hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the rate and review button on Spotify or podcast or any kind of stuff. And uh we'll be back who knows when? Maybe live. I don't know on Sunday. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe if it. Maybe Monday morning. I don't know. Life is life is a fickle realm right now for one of the one of the tot hosts, and we'll just have to kind of vibe with how 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 the year brings good good tidings to a household. But we'll see. <laughs> with that, thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>